Hello and welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast, the show where we dive into topics of world building to help you develop your skills and bring your audience back time and time again. And we have a doozy for you today. We are going to be talking about the hit Disney Plus show, WandaVision and talking specifically about what it's like when you give one personality explicit control over an entire region of space. Of course, I am your host, James, and joining me today is Marcus. How are you doing, Marcus? I am fascinated with this prospect. Yeah. I'll officially say spoilers right oh, now yeah. to everybody listening. God, we are going <laughs> to spoil the crap out of this. Oh, yes. But yeah, I am fascinated it. with this, this idea like we, we, you and I usually talk about, you know, worlds on, you know, a, 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 an all-encompassing scale. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, whole galaxy far, far away, whole Middle Earth, so on and so forth. But, but here we're going to be focusing on Westview, or at least yeah. I'm fascinated with what has happened to Westview, where you have, like you had mentioned, one person just having this overwhelming control over everybody else. Hmm but everything is kind of running automated and in almost this kind of reverse Truman show, because when I started watching this, uh, the series, I get mad Truman show vibes. Yeah. And I kept yeah, 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 yeah. wondering, guessing as episode came out in the next episode, in the next episode, you know, who is pulling the strings like the Truman show, you know, who is directing, who's behind the camera on all these kind of, sitcom-esque adventures that Wanda's having well, and then you find out it is actually Wanda herself and it's so sinister the way they carry it out because the the even down to the um the the credits right the credits have this eerie music and it's all zoomed in on a screen too close for you to see mm -hmm. kind of what's happening but a lot's going on uh, which which is kind of a, a thing in in itself right like that's yeah. there's a bit of a metaphor in that and mm -hmm. um the show was really billed as a thriller. Essentially, yeah. if you recall the ad campaigns for it in the trailers, they were they they were kind of pushing the sort of thrillery edge to it, and which, which is really what it was for maybe like the first yeah. five or six episodes. Um, and like, it's it's dark. That juxtaposition of of very joyful sitcommy tropes, kind of surrounding this question of what's going on it's like uh, and i so, love it, it, it was i love this good. flavor so much if you're if you follow any of my work then that is just like my my bread and butter this kind yeah. of cheerful pleasantville kind of thing but then something is sinister underneath for better or worse yeah yeah you know and i just i was enthralled with just this intrigue mm. as the episodes went on mm. and the transformations that were uh and this personally brought me back to uh, Nick at Night at my time. I'm 35 I right know. now. Yeah. I know Nick at like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is on Nick at Night and that makes me right now and that yeah. makes me feel really old but back when I was a kid Nick at Night was all the I Love Lucy's the Dragonettes, the Bewitched and everything so the beginning yeah. of the series yeah. I'm like I'm recognizing like the, the sets that have been constructed yeah. to represent those I'm like oh my gosh there is Lucy's Kitchen oh my gosh there is Bewitched's Stairwell uh, so on and so forth Yeah, and it was a really, you know, magical time. But like then as you, you know, you see, find out something is off, something is off. And even after you, everything is revealed and the series is over, when you go back to think about 
what has happened. Yeah. And you brought up a, a, a scene in the last episode that you called BS on. And I think a lot of people <laughs> called BS on as well, yeah. Yeah. because when you really think about it, it is much worse oh, than they're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. letting her off, uh, Wanda mm-hmm. off basically. So what was that scene in, in, in particular? So this, this requires a little bit of like, let, let's, let's go into some of what's really happening. Okay, right? So right. I, the first thing is in, in this show, I called it in episode one. We were, me and Suzanne oh, yeah. were watching episode one and I went, this is a manifestation of Wanda's grief. <laughs> like, like immediately, <laughs> like I said that. You know, that's like, fair. That's yeah. fair. The moment and, you see vision there. It, yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is hokey. And I'm like, it's gotta be. And like, I, I, I don't know. I, I also watched it late, but I'm also very disconnected from a lot of like the Marvel world. I don't think I saw anything. Well, maybe I did. Who knows? Either way. <laughs> I called it and I'm a genius. So we we moved on <laughs> and um, we, we watched our way through the show and it kind of becomes apparent after a while that essentially Wanda has created this world, right? And as you say, it's reverse Truman show. It's where Truman made the show and yeah. everybody's kind of obeying her whims. And it first starts off with a couple of things like Wanda winds back time. At one point, mm-hmm. you're like, what's going on? Like a, a dude comes up covered in oh, yeah. freaking bees from the from the yeah, vent the from, the from the sewer yeah and it, who, who knows what happened to that guy we don't know what happened to that guy anyway um so it, it's like a whole pile of just hokey stuff happens act people who are on the show say oh did you want me to do that different and like they they ask yeah. her questions like she's a director and right. is essentially the show revolves around vision figuring out that there are plot holes and problems with the world and going what's yeah. going on with this and trying to like figure it out but as we go through it, it becomes apparent that Wanda has real people in there, in this place that she's created. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, as I say, a manifestation in part of her guilt and her kind of grief, her grief. And she is, she has gone to Westview where it turns out that Vision had bought her uh, a, a home that they were going yeah, to live plot. in, right? Yeah. A plot of land. And so she had gone there after finding a note from him and was grieving and in the midst of her powerful expression of grief she manifested another reality based on tv shows which she had fallen in love with as as a kid and kind of used them to learn english was also her coping mechanism as we find out like we go through her her backstory uh you know and every traumatic thing that happens it's always her watching the sitcoms right after to cope yeah with. and you know, you know. and e- even as you were talking like a man i would watch fresh prince reruns me and my wife right now are mm-hmm. watching frasier right yeah. like that oh, show Frasier's is so good frasier's incredible it holds yeah. up dude it's witty but like yeah. i get such comfort watching those shows because my parents used to watch them and like there's a sense like we we really derive that comfort and that's really where a lot of the sinister undertones of this show come from and it's it is it is a really strange and disconcerting way to use nostalgia. And let me tell you, it was made with love. The people that made it loved the TV shows. They're mm-hmm. kind of like subtly lampooning mm-hmm. and um, you can tell. So over the course of the show, it becomes apparent that Wanda's created this, but the people in there are actually real people and they are under literally under her spell. But like mm-hmm. at one point vision asks, where are the kids? There are no kids here. We're the only ones with kids. Why are there no kids? Of course, the next episode's Halloween and there are all these kids everywhere. So Wanda's like trying to like calm him all the time and like, you know, kind of get him under control. But she says, who would, you know, kids, who's going to manage that? Going to the playground and going to school and having their own schedules and doing all this stuff. And you're like, and I was like, she doesn't want to deal with it. She doesn't want to handle that. It's like a world builder who's reluctant to, uh, 
to put in the work, yeah. but it's, you, you kind of go through this process and you realize these are all real people that she mm -hmm. is puppeteering and that they, it becomes even more sinister when you realize they are feeling her grief the whole yeah. time. There's actually multiple points in the show where the people there, because Vision learns how to unlock them a little bit because he has some mind stone powers of his yeah, own. snap them out. And he can snap there. them out. And when he does, they beg for death. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not forget that. And then at the end of the end of the series, Wanda's walking down the road and people are giving her the stink eye. Why? Rightfully so. Because she has enslaved them. <laughs> and yeah. then she goes and she talks to Rambo. And uh, so so what she has to do in order to break the spell and it is, is basically give up her uh, counterfeit copy of Vision she made. So she has to give up essentially her husband mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, and the children that she made, the fake mm -hmm. children that she made. And it's it's emotional and it's powerful. It's actually like a big deal. Like it's it's emotionally resonant and very I, I think well done. It's her Maybe. her finally coming to terms and accepting that she can't have this this perfect uh, family at the end. Yeah, and and they have this thing where they uh, she walks through the street. Everybody's giving her this thing, guy, and she meets uh, another one of our uh, another one of our leading ladies, Rambo, um, who is the. So who is Captain Marvel's best friend's daughter. Yes. Spelled, the, Fren spelled the French way. Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. <laughs> Rambo. So she goes and she talks to Rambo. And uh, Rambo tells her, um, if only they knew what you'd sacrificed for them. And I am like, horse crap. Horse yeah. crap, horse crap, horse crap. You know who's got dead parents? Everyone eventually. Everybody gets dead parents. Everybody sees somebody die. Like it's terrible. It's awful. It's like you you have trauma. Like I get it. You know what you don't get to do? Enslave an entire town for as long as you please and inflict your guilt and <laughs> inflict your survivor's guilt and grief on them and make them all want to die. The reason there were no children in that town is because she kept them all in their rooms. At one point, somebody mm -hmm. comes and begs her, can my child be friends with your child in the script, please? I just want to get them out of their room. So yeah. these people are conscious the entire time they are being moved around like little meat puppets by Wanda who's who's going through a grief fantasy and you know what she loses nothing you know why because that vision wasn't real you know right. who else wasn't real the two kids like I, it's, right. I, i'm sorry like i it explains it mm -hmm. and the fact that she's the way it started was not intentional is something right like it's not nothing that she didn't mean to like that that that's important she's powerful right. but it's not always her responsibility i get that mm -hmm. but she kept it going like that is yeah. morally yeah that's the thing she kept like, it going she wasn't like as as the i agree, agree with you 100 percent. like oh like you, you enslaved mad. all these people for like a week or two you know through different iterations and oh what did you have to lose your your imaginary husband and kids that you, yeah. that, that you made up i call shenanigans i told yeah. total shenanigans on that drove me absolutely nuts. yeah but at the same time I did appreciate the scene before when she was, you know, quote, saying goodbye to, you know, Hexavision. Oh, it is powerful. because I, I, I cringed before they started talking because I was afraid what was going to happen. Because yeah. I was afraid they were going to give Hexavision too much credit in, its, in his existence because yeah. he asked Wanda, what am I? Um, because, you know, this, this was a... I guess entity, you know, that was kind of just manifested Crafted out of her whole cloth by Wanda. Yeah, and it's amazing. It, it had enough, you know, agency to figure out to solve kind of the mystery a bit as we were following him around. Um, 
So, you know, he had enough agency to just kind of question his own uh, existence. And that was that was fair enough. But then I was like, oh, you better not mess this up. You better not, t- you know, say he is nothing other than imaginary, you know, or a figment of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And what she says, you know, along the lines of, you know, you you, you are a memory. Uh, you are a fragment my... of the mind stone in me. Yeah, that fragment of the mind stone commentary. in me. You are yeah. my love and my sadness. Uh, yeah. To, to paraphrase. I'm like, you yeah. know what? That's poetic, but also in a sure way. It was you gorgeous. Know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I give it full marks on that, on those kinds of scenes. They actually, like, mm-hmm. the, the relationship between Vision and Wanda always felt to me, like, kind of just put in there for some reason, a little bit like the Hulk and Romanoff. Like, I was like, eh, <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on here? Is this really, is this happening? Like, it's like, they, they kind of just said, oh, yeah. it's happening. And they never really, like, <laughs> built it. So, like, this, this show yeah. actually did a really, they, who knows, they might build that up in Black Widow, actually. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, uh, the thing I liked about it was, was the building up of their relationship in the central around the shows. And the mm-hmm. romanticism around it is really where, around the TV shows, um, is really where they get a lot of the resonance, emotional resonance from the world from diving back into those shows and where she gained comfort from is something that we can all relate to, you know, mm. and she holds on to it, but she also has total complete control over the world, but there are limitations to it. Right. Well, like, well that, I think that was the problem though. I don't think she had complete she did and she didn't she if she had chose to yes she could snap everybody out and it it was pretty shady that she didn't do that yeah yeah you know that she she was too comfortable but at the same time uh with 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 agus uh you know mentioning like this is chaos magic this is automatic magic you know like when agatha casting spell you know there's an incantation there's you know and a direct response and then the spell's gone you know when she's not focusing on it anymore this was stuff running automatically in the background across this whole town which we got to see it's the further away from the source that you got the less kind of automated running you know it did so when vision was investigating you saw people uh, around halloween hanging up decorations but all they were doing was the same like putting up decoration putting it down putting up decoration putting down well and this was yeah this would and when he got further out they were just uh uh, cul-de-sacs that were just standing there like they're like statues and this was almost like uh uh, in a in a gamer's perspective when you Mm. type in a code to go go through walls to see like what's outside of the play area and yeah and then you realize oh this this tree background was just 2d yeah. the whole time and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, and that's kind of what i felt like vision was was like she was running out of ram you yeah, know yeah or, or or like even scenes in tv shows where they used to paint the backgrounds oh yeah right which like, they had in this yeah which i which tripped me out once i kind of like saw it yeah uh, there's lots of little touches like that i think you mm-hmm. mentioned aspect ratios as well but yeah, that, sorry yeah no you oh, yeah oh the aspect ratios was my favorite part yeah yeah. and i felt like i'm the only one to distract you from from your other oh gosh okay so like this is really neat so everybody uh you know when the series starts you when when it's the black and white 1950s i love lucy kind of deal it is the four by three aspect ratio of the olden tvs uh and whenever you snap back to the real world it is in theatrical letterbox so you have the black bars on the top and bottom of your tv 
Um, we are definitely linking a, a little primer for this in the show notes. <laughs> I found a really good article. Let me nice. that in there. Keep going, man. So then as, you know, the TV show, the, as Westview progresses in the decades, um, and it goes to modern TV, like a modern family, uh, and like Schitt's Creek and all that, um, you... It becomes full, you know, white TV widescreen. There are no yeah. bars anywhere, but they use those bars to tell a story because always outside of the hex, it's theatrical letterbox, hmm. you know, to let yeah, you know yeah, that's yeah. the real world. So when uh, Vision tries to get out of the hex, and the hex gets expanded uh, into modern day TV format. You see vision on the ground and it's in theatrical letterbox, and yeah. then slowly those bars on the top and bottom raise up and it goes into full screen, letting you know he's back in the hex. Yeah, and so they even... bring that back later yeah. on. Um, when Wanda goes into Agatha's house in yeah. modern TV and he she goes down into the basement, and as she's going through the corridors, you see the, the, the black bars on the yeah. bottom and top start to fade start to you know scroll back in to yeah. theatrical letterbox letting you know she is in a place that she has no control which is it's crazy interesting to do that and it's such a neat touch on the whole thing and i wonder mm -hmm. i wonder what impact that had on on audiences as well that are not marcus because <laughs> like i didn't i, I actually <laughs> didn't notice but like, i i would have missed the the wanda going into the basement it was like in the court of my eye i'm like there's something there's there a bug on the screen and i yeah. saw the black bars i'm like ah! and i remembered <laughs> the 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 scroll from the vision scene i'm like they're doing it but in reverse she's That's somewhere amazing. else <laughs> yeah it becomes apparent like yeah no yeah. that's rad uh and, and i'm sorry you, yeah you were talking about the guy uh, when uh vision is exploring as he goes out of town and like a lot of the uh images that we see of the people you know the person hanging up the head halloween decorations again and again and again and the, and, the, and the kids standing still and uh with their parents nearby and things like that that is fascinating to me because those are what you would see on a quick pan yeah right like if you were just going through town and it was doing like a long shot and just cruising through town you might see that person half putting up like a decoration as they went by they don't need any more out of that actor like that's it and and this kind of just seems like a bit of a, a bit of a microcosm for how ooh, microcosm not the right word but like a a kind of a, a version in miniature of the way that we would generally prescribe world building, right? Like mm -hmm. nobody needs to know what the lady hanging up decorations in that scene does for the rest of her life, right? right? We just need to know, like she just needs to appear in the scene in order to add a sense of immersion to what's taking place. So you can see there are other people in the town, there are children, people are having fun, people are doing things. We just, we don't need any more detail than that. But what's creepy in WandaVision is it's kind of like what's happening off camera. <laughs> like you yeah. just get to see it and it's like this is creepy <laughs> like exactly like you say no clipping when you step out of a place that is phenomenally interesting mm -hmm. oh. and, yeah and, and like we say this you know just again illustrating all these people that have been just kind of torn out of their daily lives mm -hmm. you know one cold tuesday you know, yeah. morning when Wanda came to town. And 
I can't help but like thinking like relating it to like other worlds where you have one person in complete control and think they have order, they have security, and it just mm. falls apart through their fingertips. Well, I, I think this is, has a lot of implications on on uh, extremely powerful beings that mm. you may bring into any given setting. And so like, I, I think part of the world building application here is like, I, I think for deities, especially oh, yeah. um, like minor deities, like what happens when the sun God is grieving? Um, what happens when the God of the harvest is uh, elated, you know, or overjoyed, you know, what does that look like? Mm. And um, I, I think often the emotional states of, of beings that are kind of beyond maybe our our comprehension are mm-hmm. not often considered in uh in this especially the impact of trauma on the world that wanda's created right mm-hmm. she has created a world from her trauma and um i think there's something to be said for if you're if you're going if you're crafting a world that has um sapient deities who are able to control aspects or elements of the world they're in, or they have a certain domain. I think a really interesting element to add to it, and one that I think would be quite original, would be to talk about the uh, the past kind of trauma and psychological kind of scarring and pain that may happen in that god and have it manifest in their domain. Right. Like, I think that could be a really, really like interesting thing. It's like the harvest starts failing because the sun God is, um, is, is in a, is in a place where they, they, uh, uh, a state of depression that they can't quite lift themselves out of for some reason. And so the harvests are failing because the, the sun is, the sun is dim. You know, these are like interesting elements that you could you could throw in to add color and personality to larger deities that have this kind of broad control over domains. I just kind of struck me. It's kind of like an interesting an interesting thing to explore. Right. It needn't necessarily be only dark things. There could be there could be a lot in there. What happens when the god of fertility gets married? Do you have a population explosion because the oh, yeah. guy's just like spreading the joy, so to speak? You know, mm-hmm. like what happens then, I think is like an interesting thing to explore. And it kind of got me thinking about this with WandaVision because of that and how how a god might craft a world around um, around their personality. Um, and how those personalities might come through and what they make mm-hmm. is an interesting avenue. Yeah. No, 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 that's good. But also, like, just when you have a character that rules over people, like, so overwhelmingly, they almost fear and beg. I'm, I'm the whole, This whole time I've been trying to remember, there was, like, another movie or show where this character finds that they are in power they rule like if they're a king or something and their their subjects are just completely terrified of them mm. and you know they're just like no everything's cool you know uh and they're like oh you know like i dropped something i'm sorry don't 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 execute me or whatever and oh it, it's, it's kind of that reflective of you know one you know the scene you know when the one girl snaps out it's like you know begging basically their ruler their god wanda's like not like you know like oh you know screw you you know for it's just like pleading with her it's like hey can you know my kid just you know be friends with your kid in the story just to 
to appease you, you know? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you think that's a good storyline? Just like Stockholm because I want... syndrome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, that, that they feel powerless enough that they just need to appease like, okay, if we're caught in this show, uh, can you just save my daughter by just including it in your main story? You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, and... they're entirely under her power. Yeah. And, but then when you have that, it's just like, <sighs> I'm surprised Wanda just didn't, well, it's a thing. Like I said, you keep thinking about, you know, kind of how horrible this experience was. Mm. And when, you know, you look back and all the drama that Wanda had gone through with trying to fit in to the community, mm. you know, in earlier episodes, yeah. now that you know everything and you, you yeah, come yeah. back and it's like, wait, she had complete control and she knew it. Why, why then what value was that struggle you know of trying to fit into that that woman's club or whatever she mm. could have been the leader of that club you know yeah yeah she could and, just show, told everyone to change roles you know and but it's like she was she was so wrapped up in making this kind of false reality where there was kind of tension like oh vision we got to keep our secrets and then even vision later on it's like wait you're just doing magic in front of agatha now and it's yeah. like if we're trying to you know do something that's where he starts starts to figure stuff out but uh and same thing with the ruler of like people just fear you mm. to the point that they 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 can't be genuine and nothing was genuine really yeah. about westview well i think under that this leads to some sort of a question really about like um when we talk about what's real and what's not I, I think is like a kind of another fascinating avenue to go through here because mm -hmm. we also have these, these phantasms created by her that actually kind of walked her through an emotional journey and um, brought her to a different place, even if they were not real. Um, mm -hmm. I guess okay. the kind of question of what would you mean by, what would we mean by real? Cause uh, also vision uh, freed, well, visions mind um the, the yeah. cataract operation cataract uh released a f a uh the reassembled body parts of vision and mm -hmm. energized by wanda's magic uh taken from her by uh, a thing she blew up um mm -hmm. and they, they uh they used it to resurrect vision and told him to go kill vision uh, i don't know why they told him to kill vision and not wanda i find that like uh like an odd choice to say why why are they asking him to kill a phantasm of wanda's mind rather than just go kill wanda which seemed to be their objective anyway he goes to kill vision and mm -hmm. they have a de uh, long debate actually it was my favorite part the whole series was yeah. was vision debating vision about the ship of theseus which oh, is yes. a, a really really cool philosophical problem that i think is fascinating mm -hmm. um and malcolm gladwell has an incredible podcast about that about uh about uh, old guys that own golf courses and he says effectively <laughs> they've said with the it's the ship of theseus problem where it's old Old, old, these old old white guys die and are replaced with different old white guys but they're still the same composition of the club and that's why they can't be taxed so it's like, <laughs> it's a really interesting episode but um anyway it's uh, they, you know they discuss the, the ship of theseus which is this great like philosophical problem and then that releases the other vision so these phantasms and these unreal things or things that we would identify as not real are having a sufficient impact on the world where they might as well have been real true, and true. which is kind of like a 
I don't know, kind of like an odd thing is that there's a sense in which we can kind of twirl our mustaches and say, who's to say it's not real, you know, because mm-hmm. it, like it kind of is as well. Yeah. And it is really doing things. And especially Wanda's magic is, is transmutative. Like uh, she, she actually does change things like they, they literally physically change, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. except, you know, enslaving an entire town against their will. But like, you know, other than that, like those things are really circus tense now. Like On in her the little vision. I know she changes yeah. things. One. Okay. Am I the only one that when I think it was at the end of episode two, when things uh, sh- you, you have that three, 360 wipe where everything goes into color into the next decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's that red shimmer of, I guess, chaos magic, which, which was supposed to be your everybody's first little hint yeah. um, going around and putting color on everything. But that kind of color swipe, you know, the colors being trailed by this uh, layer of red shimmery magic or whatever yeah. reminded me of the reality stone when Thanos wielded it to show like, this is what my planet used to be. And you know, that kind of red shimmer. And I was yeah. just like, wait, is it Wanda or the reality stone? Well, <laughs> it's here's, here, here's the deal, right? This, as I understand it is that, wanda is in part because a lot of her powers don't have anything to do with the mind yeah right the, all the stones have a certain connection to one another is my mm-hmm. understanding and that like because it, it's they're also there was a whole thing somebody had written something about it i may try to dig it up or a youtube video i watched where they were essentially saying that a lot of the different stones actually manifest powers that really belong to the other ones and okay. so it's not uncommon to do that so i i would actually attribute a lot of wanda's magic even though she was impacted by the mind stone to be um really reality stone kind of stuff okay. because when she's like you know telling thanos you took everything from me he's like i don't even know who you are and he's like i'm gonna crush you and so she starts yeah. crushing him and then he's like well i'm gonna bombard you and then captain marvel turns up um yeah. but like that is uh those powers seem more reality stone based or, or maybe power mm-hmm. stone. It's, it's a weird thing, but yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's, I think you're right that there is a lot, but, but it's due to cross meshing of, of the different stones. powers. Really interesting. Now I, I'm sorry, I can't elaborate more cause I don't know it very well, but like it is an interesting, yeah. an interesting oh, very, thing. It, it even like brings vision and Wanda even closer together. If there's like this intermeshing between the mind and reality stone naturally. Yeah. Yeah and yeah so yeah that's pretty neat yeah no it's kind of it's kind of a fascinating thing and and i think we'll see more of vision in the future but um this is this is pretty much a good time to wrap up because we've uh we've we've done this pretty well up to this point so like uh it's i i guess i guess really the thing that we can take away from this is that there is a lot of scope to really mess with your audience's heads (laughs) I feel like that's like nearly yeah. the only thing that I can like I, I to hand that I can grab from this where it's um the way the whole show was set up and operated was designed to manipulate nostalgia and a sense of mm-hmm. unease in order to like establish their setting, which was under the control of a single person who was going through essentially a, a, a grief crisis. Yeah. Um, I think in the midst of denial. This, yeah, extreme denial. denial, extreme denial. And we can take elements of this 
And I think it's really neat to apply it to this idea of deities in your world or extremely strong or potent people. What happens when they have a bad day? What happens when, you know, things really right, fall apart for them? Like evil Superman kind of scenarios <laughs> where Joker kills Lois Lane and just goes bat crap crazy and starts murdering fools. Oh, like, that, that just enforces Joker's uh, philosophy. I know. Everybody is right one his bad day away from being just like me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's fascinating and like i i think it's a case study in that in that kind of work and i think it really the other thing is this wanda in her grief does something terrible really awful it's explainable like and i'm not saying it's it's like there's not mitigating factors to it for sure it's like she she has had more than her fair share of misery i'll grant that but she does something terrible when you have powerful characters in the worlds that you live in, there's a good chance that they're going to have a mixed reputation. When Superman has a bad day or makes a mistake or crushes someone's hand or any number of things when he's shaking them to say hello, you know, th these gods among us have incredible power. And I think this is like a good way to kind of look at metahumans in any setting you create or your heroes as ultimately flawed, sapient beings. They're going yeah. to do silly things sometimes. And yeah. I think it's completely understandable that if they do something silly and have a bad day, they could mm -hmm. ruin someone's life. <laughs> like, I don't know oh, how gosh, much counseling yeah. Westview is going to have to go through, but I'm willing to oh, bet it'll be freaking intense. It'll be a crisis. Like, yeah. And is, is there, is there a, we, we were introduced to sword, which is, I guess is a, a branch off of shield. shield is there yeah. another one that's just for counseling called like band-aid or something? <laughs> yeah, I know it's called like, I don't know. Yeah. Band-aid. <laughs> like, band oh, no. Yeah. No, please keep them coming guys. We want a helmet and armor. <laughs> I want them to get done boots. That'll Cauldron. be a good one. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like scimitar. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's really the key takeaway from this in, in a lot of ways. It's like, there's, there's a lot that we can actually draw from, some of these ideas a lot of good idea fodder and inspiration that we can take so i don't know there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot in there a lot in wandavision i think what do you think marcus very much so that's what i liked with, with just this opportunity because i didn't i didn't think we would kind of talk about wandavision just kind of just in the westview thing but it it presented a very unique opportunity for us to like really focus in on okay what just happened in westview Mm. And what are like the big ideas that somebody could apply to world building versus just the Marvel multiverse, you know, the yeah, Marvel yeah, universe yeah. as a whole. I was like, oh, let's let's try to like, you know, zero focus, in on focus something. in on what's going on right here. Yeah. And just kind yeah. of the uniqueness of just like, OK, for a few weeks, this town is its own world, basically, this own changing world. Excellent. And I'm like, oh, I got to We got to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and ah, it was kind of great like there's of course the very very marvel like easter eggs abound and red hair oh my gosh too many you know yeah. so so many but mm, it was a nice ride it was okay. a nice ride i don't know if uh i don't know if we can like do the same with like uh what is it uh falcon and the winter soldier because they're basically just kind of, I, I assume they're just 
in the world, you know, or, you know, on planet Earth. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe there, there could be some ideas, just like the Mandalorian episode. It was in the galaxy far away, but we managed to say like, hey, this is a post-Empire kind of world. Maybe something will come out of that. Who knows? Yeah. Tune in. Find out. <laughs> Thank you for joining Worldcraft Club Podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Worldcraft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.